You're listening to What It's Like With Luce, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm sitting down with professional makeup artist and YouTuber. Growing up in Sydney, Australia, this week's guests struggle with self-confidence from a young age. Discovering makeup as a way to express herself and relieve her insecurities, she decided to turn her passion into a day job and went to college to study it further. Working on the Chanel counter, it wasn't long before she took to YouTube to share her looks, which ultimately changed everything. Seven years, 1.4 million subscribers, and a move to Ireland later, she's sharing the behind the scenes of her journey, the dark sides of the beauty industry, balancing life online with reality, and how she deals with hate comments. Here's what it's like to be Stephanie Lang. First of all, welcome Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. How I like to kick off every episode, just to give people a bit of background about you, is to chat a bit about what it was like for you growing up in Sydney, I think you're from? Yeah, Sydney. So what was that experience like for you or what can you remember about it? So it was a pretty chilled lifestyle. Um pretty similar to Ireland actually just warmer weather but I I kind of always felt like an outsider (laughs) like I was always what I would probably consider to be like the ugly duckling and um I found it I struggled a lot to fit in but then as I got older like kind of into my later teens and early 20s I realized I didn't actually want to fit in at all and you know you should just be yourself as corny as it sounds um but no I had a great childhood I had my siblings and the beach was close by and um it was a pretty good childhood all in all when I look back yeah I'm always so jealous I love the outdoor lifestyle in Australia I think it must be amazing to live so close to the beach and have the weather um as you said but I suppose um I'd be interested to know what your first experiences with makeup were like or where that interest came from so I remember when I was a really, really young kid, maybe four or five, I used to play with not my mum's makeup because my mum never really wore a whole lot of makeup, but my mum's friends' makeup. And I had this um, makeup bag that one of my mum's good friends gave me with all her old makeup that she didn't use anymore. And I still have that makeup to this day. It's like almost oh. 30 years old now. No. And um, yeah, I used to play with that. And then when I was, I'd say about 13 or 14, I got really bad acne. And I remember I just felt absolutely hideous and I used to get made fun of at school people tell me I was ugly and I was so self-conscious um but my mom didn't let me wear makeup because I was too young to be you know putting a full face makeup on so what I would do I had this um foundation and when I was walking to school I had to walk through this bush track to get to school I would stop in the bush track pull out my little mirror and put my makeup on before going to school to try and hide my skin. So that was kind of my first experiences with makeup. But I'm a really creative, artsy person as well. So I love just, you know, making people feel beautiful. I love how you can accentuate people's best features with makeup and, you know, maybe hide features that they're not so fond of. Um, So it's kind of like art for me, but it's also a form of self-expression. And now I don't wear it as much anymore because I'm, I'm trying to learn to be just comfortable with what I look like, you know, with a bare face. But Mm. I do still love the creativity of it. And I love doing makeup on other people. Yeah, I suppose it's almost like painting a blank canvas as well when you do up someone's face. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and so then, you know, I, I always love hearing stories about how people turned their passions when they were younger into their full-time nine to five day job. So how did that transition come about for you? And I suppose, when did you know that you wanted to do makeup professionally? So that was when I was in my early 20s. I'd been traveling around the world and I moved back to Sydney. I went to music college for a bit because I thought I wanted to do music. And then I realized I probably wasn't good enough to do music for my career, but I was really good at makeup and I was always doing my friend's makeup and always doing my own makeup and it was just a hobby and I enjoyed it. And then I was like, you know what, I reckon I can turn this into a career because I never really liked working for other people um the nine to five wasn't my kind of thing so I went to um a private makeup college then for a year just to learn the ins and outs you know the hygiene aspects um and I didn't really learn a whole lot there to be honest it wasn't the best experience but I did get my certification which is what I went there for just to have the paper um and then I started working um at Chanel actually in Sydney Mm -hmm. as their makeup artist on the counter and that was great I loved that, but whilst I was there, YouTube was becoming a thing, and I saw that other girls were doing makeup on YouTube, and I was like, this looks so fun, Um, so I gave it a go, and it really resonated with people, and I'm like, what I like to do is really in-depth makeup tutorials, kind of sorting out people's makeup problems, kind of videos I would have liked to watch myself when I was first getting into makeup, so I started doing videos like that, and it kind of just took off from there, and then I was earning... I said to myself, once I was earning the same amount from YouTube that I was earning from my full-time job on counter, then I would quit my job on counter and just put all my effort into YouTube. And then when that happened, I quit my job at Chanel and, yes, started doing YouTube full-time. And that was probably about six years ago now, I think. Yeah, and it's amazing to see how far you've come. Obviously, you've amassed millions of followers um, online. But can you take me back to... I suppose those early days of YouTube and what the online beauty industry was like then. Because I feel like now, maybe, I don't know if saturated is the right word, but, you know, everyone wants to be a YouTuber. I know there's a lot of different niches, but um, there's a lot of people wanting to be beauty influencers and things like that. So what was it like when you first started out? So when I first started out, people were already uh, making a living from it. So... Um, like back in the old days, you couldn't make money really from YouTube at all. When I started, you could, like AdSense was already a thing. Um, so there was still a bit of competition there, I'd say, even even back in the day. Like it was already, I think, kind of saturated. Now it's even more so. Yeah. But um, I think back in the day, it wasn't so like followers driven. It wasn't so, you know, people weren't going into it in order to make money. Like people going into it to share their passions but also make money at the same time it wasn't going into youtube purely to make money which i think some people go into it now with that expectation and it certainly wasn't as kind of um dramatic back in the day like i know in the u.s especially a lot of youtubers are really really dramatic there's always drama happening Mm. like you've got drama channels now and those channels do really really well because there's so much drama um back in the day there was none of that none that I was aware of anyway it was more about like sharing a passion and you know people weren't focused on views so I would do a makeup tutorial like with like knowing that not many people would watch it and I was perfectly fine with that because I was just doing it because I loved it 
and um, there was no real pressure back then so there was no pressure to you know oh you have to have 50,000 views per video it was just you put out what you enjoyed now I feel like there's so much more pressure behind it which kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit but back in the day it was so much more chilled yeah I feel like now people are definitely or they've seen the amount of money or I don't know you know just what you can get out of it that they go into it for that reason and I think you can tell from people's content as well um but for you do you remember you probably remember but um what your how you grew initially or was there a blow-up moment for you a certain video that just took off or what was the turning point when you really thought okay this is something I can do every day you know and get paid for it I think so doing actual makeup looks has never been a huge thing on my channel I'm probably not as well I'm definitely not as creative as other makeup artists in that sense but what really worked on my channel was the in-depth problem solving makeup tutorials so like how to do foundation if you have acne or how to put eyeshadow on if you've got hooded eyes because back in the day not many people were focusing on you know helpful tutorials that are in depth like that and I could kind of see that there wasn't a whole lot of videos like that out there and I was like well that's what I would want to be watching and you know if I had acne or if I had hooded eyes and I didn't know how to work with them this is the kind of video I'd be searching for and I was like I'll just make them then because someone's got to make them but um people really enjoyed them and um they were sharing them with their friends and you know requesting more so I just kept giving people what they wanted and that's kind of how my channel grew then um, and then I kind of, you know, branched out to vlogs and yeah, it's kind of just like you start off with one thing and you kind of explore that as much as you can. And then as, you know, natural progression goes, you kind of move on to other subjects, which is kind of what I'm doing now. But yeah, back in the day, I was really, really loving doing just the in-depth problem solving makeup tutorials. And also my advice would be like, make videos that you think other people would be searching for or wanting to watch and if it's something that you yourself would want to watch that's what you want to make videos on so that's what I did back in the day yeah I think YouTube's such a cool space because there's so much scope to pretty much you know film whatever you want um and as well as you said like people you know if you're stuck with something in life or I don't know even building a wardrobe everyone's like just YouTube it it'll be on there somewhere yeah. <laughs> um so that's so true what you're saying and so then in the middle of all of this um in the middle of your growth online and you establishing yourself um there you also moved to Ireland which I think is pretty interesting so why did that come about um and how did you find the switch from uh I guess the Australian online industry to the Irish one which um I would say is a bit more of a smaller market or it's less done here how did you find that yeah so I actually lived in Ireland back in 2009 I was meant to be here for three days and I ended up staying for like I think it was almost two years oh my God. um yeah and then I moved back to Australia I met my fiance there and he's from Donegal so then we moved back to Ireland because I always wanted to come back so we do yeah we did that um, and I was really, really lucky because YouTube was my career, so I could kind of just pack up and leave, and I didn't have to worry about finding a job here or anything like that, because I could just take my work <clears throat> with me, um, but it was pretty different in regards to, like, the business aspect, because in Sydney, there was a huge, 
you know, seen. Um, so I had management there and they were great. And I had all my friends that did YouTube as well. So we would always meet up and we could chat about it. And um, we, I'd be going to events, you know, two or three times every week. There was always some, you know, a brand launching a product. So there was always something to do there. And um, it was super, super busy. And then when I moved here, um, you're completely right. Like the the scene was a lot smaller, a lot quieter. And also I moved to Donegal, so I wasn't exactly in Dublin or anything like that where stuff was happening. So I had to find new management over here. I had to find new friends that were kind of in the industry. And because it's always nice to be able to speak to somebody that knows what it's like. Yeah. And um I stopped going to events pretty much. Like I went to a few in Dublin, but it was just way too much effort for me to drive all the way from Donegal yeah, to Dublin nice. just for, you know, one hour event or something and then drive all the way back. So it definitely changed. Um, and I I felt a lot more laid back here as well. I feel like there's not as much pressure as there was in Sydney to kind of um, always be going to events and things like that. So in that aspect, I really liked it. Did it ever make you question, you know, whether you wanted to continue with YouTube and with um, Instagram and things like that, the lack of a scene here? No, um, no, not really, because I'm, I'm kind of content person. Like I'm, I am determined and I am driven, but I'm not the kind of person that always wants more, more, more. Like I'm pretty content with what I have and um, you know, in, in Ireland, in Donegal, like I didn't have, you know, all the events and I didn't have the business aspect of life that I had in Sydney, but I have all my friends here that I met back in 2009 that became, you know, lifelong friends. And so I actually really liked the chilled out laid back way of living here, which in Sydney, things were getting a bit too fast paced for me anyway, because I'm not that kind of person. Um, so I definitely never considered, well, I have considered quitting YouTube and Instagram, but not for those reasons. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just interesting to hear um, your take on it, because I can imagine Sydney and, and Australia has a huge scene. So um, when I saw you move to Donegal, I was like, oh, wow, I wonder how she found that move. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and so then I really like the videos that you do on your channel that kind of exposes the wrong word but just you know tells the truth about the beauty industry and because I think it's such it's becoming such a problem these days with um not even just young uh people but also you know like even people in their 20s 30s we're all so glued to our phone constantly looking at these unrealistic expectations of beauty so um I'd be interested to hear your take on I suppose like the dark side of the online beauty industry um, and why you decided to speak on that and to actually make videos that show people what's really going on behind the scenes. So that's kind of, yeah, I feel like that's kind of where my passions lie at the moment is just making people feel good about themselves as they actually are and kind of, yeah, you're right, I suppose, like exposing what actually does happen behind the scenes because, you know, I've seen it firsthand so I can kind of see it from what happens behind the scenes and also how it affects people that aren't in the industry and and what they think happens um because you know I I am in the industry and yet I still find myself comparing myself to people I see on Instagram or YouTube even though I know like I can see when things aren't real or I can see when certain images have been altered because I know what to look for and yet 
even though I know it's not real, I'm still comparing myself subconsciously. So I'm like, if that's affecting me that badly, imagine how it's affecting people that think that these images or these people are real and that they really look like this in real life. Like it makes people feel so down about themselves. Um, and I get comments on my YouTube on a daily basis and DMs on Instagram from girls and, and boys telling me that, you know, they feel so bad about themselves or how can you, you know, get rid of your pores or how can they lose weight or um, just just messages like that that made me think, you know what, I need to start putting my focus into making content like this that will actually make people feel good about themselves as they currently are because not one single one of us can actually fit into this beauty expectation that's been set because it's not actually made for real people um and it's so easy to edit pictures online like I used to do it back in the day you know I've I've always been kind of a scrawny human but even I would edit my pictures to look like how I thought people wanted me to look or I'd airbrush out my pores or I'd make my nose smaller um and it's, I didn't realize at the time how damaging that would be to people kind of looking at my images. Um, and now I don't do any of that. Like I just take a picture and I'll, you know, put a filter on it to make the lighting cooler or the color cooler, but that's it. Whereas I know a lot of other people are still editing their pictures and, and then you see, you know, a picture of them in real life and it's like, they look amazing in real life. So why did they have to, you know, change what they look like to fit in with this, fake beauty expectation when they're already perfectly gorgeous in real life because it's just setting this the bar so high that normal people can't actually live up to that so yeah that's why I really wanted to make videos kind of around that subject to show people what actually does happen behind the scenes because otherwise they don't know what goes on behind the scenes and um yeah I really want people to stop comparing themselves and just realize that they are perfectly amazing as they naturally are and maybe we can even change the beauty standard to celebrate people like no matter what size they are what color their skin is what their facial features are like because everyone is amazing in their own way yeah for sure and I think you're already you know carving a bit of a path by doing that on your channel being you know such an influential makeup artist but then on the flip side also saying okay yes I do this but you know this is what's really going on and let me just show you what it's really like I think it's really cool that you're doing that um and what do you think in your opinion needs to change or like the one biggest thing that needs to change in the the beauty industry or just the online space um that will flip that and change the beauty standards and you know just make everything a bit more real because I suppose there is that conflict of interest between people wanting to look at really aesthetic pictures and you know liking that look on their feed but then also feeling bad about it at the same time it's kind of like a conflicting thing yeah and it is a conflicting thing too because you know people follow these like massive influences because they're kind of um like people aspire to be like that yeah and you know you don't necessarily follow the the girl that's living down the road from you because her feed is just normal and like you already have that in your regular everyday life so you don't need to follow that because there's nothing to aspire to do you know what I mean yeah so it is tricky but I think the best thing that could happen with social media to stop other people, you know, feeling crap about themselves. I mean, it would be amazing if all the editing apps and things like that were wiped from the face of the planet, but that's never going to happen. 
But what I think is, I think it is moving in the right direction. You've got um, like a lot of people on Instagram now and YouTube as well that are celebrating, you know, their cellulite or they're celebrating their hairy legs or they're refusing to airbrush their skin. And I think that then gives other people online kind of permission to do the same thing and know that, you know, this is no longer something to be ashamed of, but we can actually start to celebrate what society deems as our flaws. And I think the more people that do that, the more it shows other people that that's actually okay and you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to make yourself look perfect online either and people are still going to, you know, respect you and still going to follow you and still going to like you. Um, And another good thing, well, yeah, it is a good thing in a way. There's a lot of Instagram accounts now popping up that kind of show the reality behind Instagram influencers, so they'll put, you know, like a a paparazzi picture, for example, next to the picture that the massive influencer posted, just so you can see the difference. Sometimes Mm. it can go a little bit far and, you know, you don't know if they've edited either of the images or not, but I think some of them are really good just because they show, especially young girls, like, that these people aren't actually you know unrealistically perfect and they actually do have cellulite and you know they do have roles when they sit down and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that so I think we are headed now in the right direction and I think the more people that speak up on this and refuse to edit their images the more that will spill over to other influencers as well and then hopefully people will start to realize oh geez I look just the same as them (laughs) or like they look the same as me in real life and then yeah, hopefully it won't be such a negative space. Yeah, for sure. I think you're right as well. You can definitely see the difference from even a few years ago, even probably last year to this year, of how people are becoming a bit more comfortable with telling the truth, I suppose. Um, but so the other side of influencing that I think is is interesting um, is how much of your life you put out there for everyone to watch so did you ever struggle with that transparency um element or how did you navigate keeping some things to yourself and then showing the world the rest of it or did it ever bother you so to be completely honest it never ever used to bother me in the past like I'm a really I'm an open book kind of person like I don't have any secrets like everyone that knows me in real life knows probably way too much about me more than they even want to know and so I've, I've kind of always been the same online like if I'm going through something um, I've never tried to hide it like I have absolutely no interest in trying to portray like you know the perfect life or anything like that like I've had a lot of struggles in the past I've had a lot of kind of issues that I'm still working through to this day and I don't care if people know about it because I'm never trying to be that perfect person. So I've always been an open book. Um, the What's changed my mind now is when I had my son. So I, my baby, he's um, 15, almost 15 months. And that's kind of changed my whole perspective on it. Um, now, now I feel like I should be a bit more private, kind of for his sake, because I don't know, is he going to turn around in 10 years time and be like, mom, like, why did you put me online? Like, can't believe you did that. So that's kind of why I stopped vlogging because I I was making vlogs on my channel and I enjoyed making them and just being honest and real with my followers. Now I feel I'm trying to decide whether I should continue doing that and just not show him as much or just don't show him at all or should I I vlog or not vlog. So I'm kind of at a crossroads now trying to figure out whether I want to keep my private life private. Um, or whether I should continue being the open book that I've always been, but just keep my son a little bit 
more private. Um, and also, it does change things when when people know more about you and more about your personal life and the people in your personal life. It gives them more ammunition to use against you. So when I first started YouTube, I focused purely on the makeup. So I never really said anything about my personal life. I didn't show um, my fiance. I didn't show my family or my friends or anything like that. I was like strictly, you know, pure professional makeup artist. And um, that was fine because then when I used to get hate comments, it was just about my makeup skills. It wasn't about me as a person. And then as I started to you know, show a bit more of my real self online and I started vlogging or I would show my sister or my partner or, you know, kind of what my ethics are in life, it gives people a lot more ammunition to use against you, people that don't like you. So now instead of attacking what I look like or my makeup skills, they'll be like, oh, you are such a bad person or, you know, that that's a lot harder for me to deal with because then it's like they're attacking you as a person, not just your makeup skills. So that's another reason I think maybe I should be a little bit more cautious or a little bit more private online but yeah I'm still trying to figure out where I should go with that yeah I can imagine it's a hard one because um I suppose there's that debate as well can you ever be successful online if you don't go down you know the 100% authentic transparency um route as well like let people in 100% uh because will the connection be there if you don't do that but then as you said you're so vulnerable to the nasty side of the internet which I don't know how you handle that um when you get so many people you know well I don't know if you get so many people coming at you but even just one comment you know I'm sure it can ruin your whole day so oh it does (laughs) yeah how do you deal with that when that happens so I used to like years ago when I first started like I said the hate comments were more just you know about what I looked like or about my makeup skills so it didn't affect me at all but now I don't know, am I just becoming more sensitive in my old age or are people getting meaner? Um, But now it definitely affects me a lot more. Like I could get 100 kind comments and it'll be the one nasty one that sticks with me for the whole day and I try so hard to get it out of my head but it just keeps popping in and then I find myself thinking like, are they right? Am I actually like this? Like am I doing something wrong? Um, So it is difficult and um, on you- YouTube's the worst for it. Like, I rarely get mean comments on Instagram, um, but YouTube, I think it just must be the anonymous, anonymous, anonymity. Oh, I can't even say that word, but you know what I'm <laughs> no, trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's the fact that people, you know, you don't know who it is that's commenting. People yeah. just say the harshest stuff, and um, it definitely does stick with me a lot more now. And it was starting to really, really affect me and I'd be in a great mood and then go on to, you know, reply to my YouTube comments and I would just be hit with a barrage of, like, I don't even want to call it hate because it seems so trivial, but just a barrage of, like, really, really mean, nasty, personal things directed at me and it would make me feel so down and really anxious. So I, for the most part, I stopped checking my YouTube comments. So now I only really check them if I've put a video up and I'll stay online for a couple of hours after that just so I can respond to everyone if they've got questions or if they just want to talk to me and then after that that's kind of when the people that don't follow me like they're not subscribers of mine on YouTube will come across the video and that's mostly when I get all the nasty comments so I think for my own like mental health and peace of mind I've had to stop looking at them as much because they were really starting to affect me and especially when they're they're really personal about who you are as a person and stuff like that it was starting to be too much for me to handle yeah I can only imagine I think it's such a shame because the the creative 
side of the internet you know it's such a tool for so many people and people put their lives into creating entertainment for other people that then you just get those few keyboard warriors that just can't I don't know keep their meanness to themselves and a meanness isn't a word but yeah I just I always I always hate that part I just think it's it's so unnecessary and so uncalled for but um, despite all of that, you've done such amazing things uh, with your career in such a short space of time. So what do you think um, the future holds for you or what are your ultimate goals uh, with this platform? So what I really want to do, I, w- I want to focus more now on like making people feel good about themselves. So I feel like that's really important with all these you know, perfect people you see online. I feel like it's really starting to affect people's mental health so I really want to go down that direction um I've actually written a book on how to be self-confident in a social media world mm-hmm. um and I think I'm going to probably release that as an ebook so that everyone can kind of get it I'm just finishing off a few chapters and then I think that'll be ready to launch and I I love writing like even since I was a little kid I've just written you know fiction books and things like that so I'd love to go down that route I'm also working on an ebook about cooking um, oh, because you know health and um lifestyle healthy lifestyle is like really important to me as well because that obviously affects the way you look and you feel about yourself um so I'm going to get that launched this year and I'm also working on a course on how to become self-confident because like I said at the start I used to be well I used to feel like I was a huge ugly duckling like I used to have no self-confidence at all and throughout the years I've managed to build myself up to being what I consider to be like I I think I'm pretty self-confident now like I accept what I suppose my flaws are but I can be okay with them now Um, and so I want to give other people that that power as well like to share what I've learned throughout the years so I'm working on that course Um, and that's about it for this year I this year I actually really want to um, be content with what I have. I don't want to be pushing for more, more, more all the time, which I think in this industry, um, you see some everybody else being so successful that you're like, geez, maybe I should do this. Maybe I need to make you know, three videos per week. I should be hitting these milestones or these targets, but I'm not that kind of person. I just want to sit back and chill out and relax and enjoy what I have and where I am and work on my veggie patch. Then <laughs> um, I do want to get, you know, the book launched and um, the course launched and help people feel kind of empowered and good about themselves whilst I continue doing YouTube as well. So I'm going to try and get one to two videos out per week and get on a schedule with it because I'm terrible with that and just kind of continue doing what I've been doing, I think. Well, well, it seems like... I know you said you want to have kind of a chill out year, but it does sound like you're going to be pretty busy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but with a lot of exciting stuff. And I just love how you dedicate so much of your time to making other people feel um, good, which, you know, in, in the world, it's kind of not dark times, but just difficult times at the moment that doesn't seem to be letting up. So it's nice to have those kind of things that you're giving back to people. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see all of this come to, to life soon. Um, and then I have just one more question for you and I'm going to let you go. Um, if I put your 10 year old self in front of you today, having been through everything you've been through, which has been so much um, since then, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give that 10 year old self moving forward? Ooh, geez, that's a hard one. Um, I think if I was to speak to my 10-year-old self, I'd tell her to embrace who she is and embrace her weirdness um, because 
like I said, like I never really fit in with like my my friends or my schoolmates or anything like that. I was always kind of the odd one out, and um, I wasn't really into what other people were into, and I was just a bit of a weirdo. I think I would, looking back, I I'd tell myself that's okay, and um, you know you, you're going to be a weirdo for the rest of your life, so you may as well embrace it now, and that that's that's a good thing because. I mean, you don't have to fit in with everybody else. I think I'd probably tell myself that and that you can still have a great life um, even if you are a bit different to other people and the other people will love you just as you are. Um, You don't have to change anything about yourself. I think that's what I'd tell myself. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice and, um, you know, if everyone was the same, the world would be such a boring place. I know that's such a cliche saying, but it's so, so true. Um, true, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you've proved that so much with what you've done with your life. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything with me. It's been so interesting to chat. Really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for asking me. I'm so honoured. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, please rate, share and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And don't forget to follow at what it's like pod on Instagram and Facebook. To find out more about Stephanie and to watch her videos, visit the links in the show notes. I'll be back on Monday with more inspiring stories. But for now, this has been What It's Like with Luce.